0: It is with great excitement that in 2021 we are blessed to have two new sponsors for the CT Startup Podcast. One of those sponsors is CT Next, an organization each one of our hosts, as well as many of our guests and listeners, have had the opportunity and pleasure of interacting with. I am going to let Glendalyn Thames, Deputy Commissioner of the DCD and founding Executive Director of CT Next, explain what CT Next does for early stage businesses here in Connecticut.
1: So what is CT Next? Our our mission um, fundamentally is really to equip early stage companies and entrepreneurs with resources, guidance, um, networks to accelerate their their growth um, and, and really creating an environment where our entrepreneurs can really start their business, grow their business and thrive in Connecticut and positioning Connecticut as the most desirable location in the country for an innovative company to build and grow and create jobs. And we do this, uh, you know, a few different ways, right? Um, One by, you know, really cultivating a network of public-private partnerships and really acting as a catalyst um, that supports entrepreneurs from ideation and growth to exits, Um, but then also, you know, providing direct funding to companies as well. So we have many programs um, that are non-dilutive capital to help accelerate kind of the early stages of growth of a company. Um, and then, you know, we we offer uh, other programming relative to, you know, again, building that that, in, that community infrastructure across our state. So if you think about, you know, incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces where that that dynamic knowledge sharing is happening and where kind of innovation actually starts and, and occurs.
0: For more information, please visit www.ctnext.com.
2: This is CT Startup,
0: your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it
2: in here. Welcome to CT Startup.
0: All right, welcome everyone to the CT Startup Podcast, uh, another episode in the Innovation Places Hartford uh, series, um, and I'm joined by our one of our guest hosts that you're, you've uh, been introduced to this, uh, this round, Ojala Naeem. Uh, how are you doing, Ojala?
3: Eric, thanks again for having me.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I'm actually going to hand it over to Ojala to, uh, kick off this podcast because she's been doing some work at Hartford and the insurance industry, and she's bringing on some people that she's been uh, doing some work with. So, uh, Ojala, I'm going to hand it over to you and uh, hop back in a little bit.
3: Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, thanks again. So super excited for today's podcast. Um, I've got some podcast pros joining us, uh, Specifically, Paul Tyler, who's the chief marketing officer of Nassau Financial Group, and Laura Haber, who's the innovation program manager of the Nassau Reimagine uh, Incubator here in Hartford. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Thank you. Hopefully I can do as well as you guys do. I can see your professional mics set up while I'm here with my earbuds in. So I feel like a novice, but uh, I think this is going to be a a fun discussion and hopefully a little different from what you guys are used to doing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. So I guess to kick it off, um, like what exactly is NASA Reimagine and what does that have to do with uh, the NASA Financial Group and how did both of you guys get engaged in this?
2: Wow, that's a lot, Laura. Do, do you want to start with <laughs> what know, is NASA I think, reimagine?
3: I think you should
4: start with the the how we're a 163 year old startup or whatever that famous line <laughs> is, and then I'll work my way into how NASA reimagine happened. That's a scary
3: sounding line. I don't know. About well, that. I know,
1: that's it, it, why we need it. We yeah, need it in this know, conversation. It is. <laughs> it
2: is. Yeah. So so it's NASA Financial Group is actually a five year old company. Believe it or not, it's almost yeah. It's going on six. For, Right. It's hard to believe how, how quick time goes. Um, but uh, I, I worked with two guys who founded this thing at a, at a prior venture. Um, 2016, they got funding from a private equity uh, uh, firm out in California, Golden Gate Capital, to purchase what was then known as a financial life insurance company. Uh, and, uh, you know, Phoenix has this long storied history. I think Laura went, it started sometime in the 1850s, actually. Gave an insurance policy to Abraham Lincoln. Um, and uh, from what wow. we're told, Ojala, mm-hmm. we actually did pay our claims. That was good. May not have been a good underwriting decision, but it certainly has helped us immensely <laughs> for public was, relations. Was the life
3: insurance policy?
2: The life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, that, I guess it was uh, uh, iconic people like to give you know the insurance companies would give life insurance policies to presidents whenever they they came through <laughs> and, is, you know, is, this, was that
0: kind of was that normal was that like was life insurance a big uh, part of the business back in the day
2: I'm not sure gifting insurance policies that could I don't know that that could be a constitute I don't know that might be a rebate Ajala. Jalla you you know yeah
3: <laughs> There
2: you go. Yeah, but no. So we did, and so uh, you know, Phoenix has has a a a super you know long history of being very active in the community. um, uh, A history of being uh, you know a first in many categories. I think Phoenix was the first life insurance company to actually um, give different rates for men versus women because women actually live longer than men. Um, I think we were one of the first carriers to actually offer different rates for smokers versus non-smokers, uh, based on, on, uh, health to encourage people to lead a healthy habit. So when we bought this, it was, you know, innovation was in the DNA of the, of Phoenix. It was also obviously, uh, you know, in the DNA of, of startups, as we know, um, how do you do something different? How do you set yourself out in the marketplace? Um, I'd done a lot of work, uh, you know, prior, you know, with, uh, um, iPad, you know, uh, mobile app development and a lot of digital work at a prior company. So it was kind of only natural that we leaned into the strength of the company and, and some of the skills we brought, uh, in when we purchased the life insurance company, um, we inherited this wonderful building, you know, smack in the center of the city, you know, grant I say call it ground, you know, it's, it's almost like ground zero for, uh, all things insurance and Absolutely. yeah. And, uh, Looks like it was built yesterday. It was actually, it's on the historic registry. And guess what? We had a lot of empty space. What do you do with it? Well, I said, we've got, we've got to support the uh, Hartford uh, ecosystem. And uh, through a long chain of events, and Jal, meeting you, meeting others, um, we kind of collectively were part of the process of bringing startup bootcamp to, to Hartford. And, eventually you know the two founders said hey paul um we've got all this empty space it's beautiful we're, we're, we'll build out half a section invite some of these startups over okay you know let's go over and google how do you start an incubator <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd written a book i could have used it at that point um so so we we our, our niche you know we found you know talking to a lot of people was really um in 2019 right laura 2019 uh, yes. 2018 late, in late, 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 2018, talk to, you know, your colleague, uh, you know, Beth, you know, what do we do with space? How should we set this up? And it was really, you know, it, it felt like at that point, we got a lot of accelerators in town, uh, bringing some just great talent in from, uh, around the world, but they're only here for three months. What do you do? What, how do you keep them? How do you, how do you let them stick? Because you can't get a contract with an insurance company in three months. It just doesn't happen. Um, so we went on around saying, well, what kind of business model could we create as an incubator giving back to the city that would encourage, uh, startups to come stay, hire people. And, um, that kind of in between gap was one we, we thought we could fill. We thought it was going to be more of a, WeWork's thing, low, you know, space, um, you know, won't sp- spoil the, you know, the, the story Laura has to tell here, but what said, said you know, they probably need some support. They, they probably need like forums where they can actually talk to line officers of various companies, uh, not be in a constant pitch situation, build up a level of trust. So let, let's try to create some forums and some some ways where we can share ideas and uh, let the culture kind of um, uh, spill out a bit in our, for our company as well as the community. And along the way, Laura jumped on this crazy train and why don't you take it from there?
4: Sure. So, um, I, you know, I joined Paul and the team about 551 days ago. I had to look at the math because I'm like, how long has it been? Sometimes it feels wow. like 10 years. Sometimes it feels like 10 hours. Um, but it was 551 days. Not Now here we are. So yeah, I was I was actually located working for an organization in Hartford at the time. And I thought to myself, how how can I become more ingrained in the community? O'Jala and I had known each other for a few years and I had just joined the the reset board and a few other exciting ventures. I've always loved startups. So when the opportunity came up for reimagine, I I jumped on board and, you know, went through the whole interview process, which was, which was very interesting. It was actually my first time in the two-sided boat building.
3: Um, so yeah, was- I was going to say for, for our listeners, Paul talked about this gorgeous building, but didn't actually say which one it is. So um, if anyone's looking for the Reimagined Incubator, it's that gorgeous boat building right on Constitution Plaza in downtown Hartford.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, two it's actually two-sided. and When you go in it, it is, it is very interesting, but like Paul said, it's historic and it's something that we think is pretty cool. Um, So yeah, so I hopped on board and it's been interesting. You know, we talked about over like the last probably year, maybe about 15,000 times, you know, how has the pandemic impacted what we've been doing or how will it impact what will we do? And it's a conversation I think we're going to have going forward for, you know, at least another six to 12 months of. Once we come out of this, whatever that current reality is, looking forward, what is a value? So Paul had mentioned, you know, are we going to become a WeWork space when this first um, opened up, and where can we provide value into the community? Where can we vi- provide value to the startups? And what's interesting is, when I first joined the Reimagine team, there was value in people physically located within the space. We'd have startups within there working with their teams. We would have groups of you know investors come in. For example, we had our 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 favorite uh, February investor event of last, oh gosh, what was that now? 2020. It feels like eons ago, but regardless, we went from having tons of people in the space working collaboratively to being on zoom, being remote, being across the world. And I don't think we ever actually slowed down. I think if anything we've sped up. So in terms of providing value where we thought it was going to be physical in the first place, it's actually become a lot of virtual value. Um it's relationships. So even though we can't go knock on a door, or shake hands with one another, get that proverbial coffee or the or you know, you name your favorite local brewery. I think it's been interesting to watch to see how we can still make those introductions to startups, to the people who are making decisions within companies, create those cross collaborations. So when we come out of this, or if we stay virtual, whatever anyone's current situation is, there is still going to be progress that is made. So whether it's providing education, providing um, an outlet, we do a lot of marketing support with these startups. So it's creating professional videos for them. How can they tell their story in effective ways? It's getting them in front of the right people. Um, An interesting thing we did last year actually is we partnered with Symmetra And we have a really great partnership with them. One of the key things that we found there so far is we've created a mentor program for the reimagined startups with Symmetra leaders. So we've created this opportunity for the startups who are engaging with us to get one-on-one introductions to key leadership within another insurance carrier to go in and ask real questions and have real conversations. So it's kind of finding the unique ways to say, what is it that they need? What does the industry need? And then making something fresh from that. So in some ways we're magicians, in some ways we're artists, in some ways we just make it up on the spot. But either way, it's a lot of fun.
0: I mean, that's the whole thing about entrepreneurship and innovation, right? You Just got to go with it. You just got to just got to keep yeah. keep the momentum uh, and so forth. Um, I'm gonna definitely come back to the idea of like uh, what has it, uh, what trends have accelerated because of COVID, and and are obviously it's being sussed out right now. But I want to kind of do uh, come back to it because uh, one thing I'm excited about is that. A lot, of pe- a lot of things have been adapted, you know, kind of much quicker now uh, because of COVID and what's happened. Uh, people are kind of willing to, to try new things uh, and so forth. So I w- want to come back to that. But um, one thing that I heard uh, recently was that uh, the idea of the person starting a business, right, is, you know, at a college, this young, hu- you know, 20-year-old, hustling and so forth. But, you know, the data shows that it's the, you know, actually somebody that's 42 or in, in their, you know, uh, early 40s. So who are the types of people that are, are kind of coming through your, your program and, and engaging with you?
2: You know, it's much closer to your, your, your older 42 year old profile that you mentioned, especially in the insurance space. Uh,
3: are you saying that everyone in the insurance space is old and boring? Paul,
2: I think it takes. <laughs> Cause, Cause Laura job. and
3: I are taking offense to that.
2: Uh, <laughs> listen, I think I I th- I think I can I, I think if if we you know do the ages I think I probably skew towards the other and so I'll I I I I think I can say this now um, yeah, it's just insurance such a complicated business uh, that it takes so long to understand problems that I think typically the the type of people we see here are ones who've. Um, either know the business, like you, you, you are fr- somebody in a corporation, very frustrated in one position or saw an opportunity to change things. Um, great example of that is uh, Ben Akiva um, and uh, uh, their, their, their founder, you know, Brent was an agent. He was a frustrated agent. He, he, he had clients who actually died. He had to get death claims paid. It didn't work. <laughs> He said, "This is was a great opportunity for a bunch of reasons, and these insurance companies had it all wrong. So, so he got a team together and basically wrote a cloud platform to handle pain death claims. Right? So, so th- these are the types of problems you, you get. I don't think um, you you don't get that out of college, you know. Coming, you think I, I like you think about fintech? Okay, everybody can get their hands around. Well, I hey, listen. I want to pay Laura for." Hey, I'm going to give her a little emoji and five bucks, right? And share it with you <laughs> Add some zeros. But, yeah. As, as complicated <laughs> as that is to pull off, it's like insurance, file a claim, first notice of loss, um, you know, change your beneficiary. These aren't things that you normally, you know, these, these aren't kind of problems that jump out of you unless you've had a lot of life experience. I don't know, Laura, maybe talk about some of the other people we have in here.
4: Yeah. We we have another individual who um, came from an insurance company, again, Decades in the business. Very, very intelligent. It's, it's experience that you wouldn't get and you can't read it out of a book. So it's, it's identifying in that way. It's, but, it, you know, to, to pivot a little bit, it's been interesting as we've been having our podcasts interviewing startups that are doing work within the space. Although you know slightly removed, so it can be within the fintech space or the insurance space. And when it gets a little bit more interesting or a little bit more mathy, they seem to skew a little bit closer towards that millennial age group than the baby boomer age group. And part of it might be because of you know the nature of insurance—you have to be there a while to understand it. You know, I've only been in the insurance um, you know industry for 551 days.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're counting or anything, you know. <laughs>
4: I'm going to put out my paper calendar. Um, no, but it's, it's interesting, right? It takes time and it's really deep and there's a lot to it. And it's kind of like math where you could go down certain avenues and know one really well. And then you open up the book and you're like, what the hell is trigonometry? And it's still math, but it's so different from algebra. And I, I feel like insurance is a lot like that in some ways.
0: Mm-hmm. And so does that actually kind of go to your value proposition of the incubator? You were kind of mentioning is that we can kind of get you into the people that you need to talk to, to get that first pilot project, you know, that first sale and so forth. I mean, cause, cause you're right. I mean, it's not going to happen in three months, um, but you never know, you might know somebody that's in the budget cycle that can pull off something within a short time period. If you, if you can kind of uh, circumvent the traditional sales cycle. So is that kind of what you're thinking too, is that, you know, the insurance industry, you know, how to kind of get into those, uh, those business development channels to, to kind of make the deals happen.
2: Yeah, I th- I think the ones we've had the biggest impact on are ones who already have a product. They probably have one customer, um, because we, you know, you're looking at our program. <laughs> we've got a lot of volunteers, a lot of helpers, right? Um, you know, we we cannot run a program like TechStars or um, start a boot camp. So um, if you've got a product, you have one customer. We're pretty good at getting that second second or third customer or doing a little bit of a pivot you know um for instance one one um one of our uh, members uh uh, ceo of spyglass um she came in here thinking she was going to target markets ojala you know do retention for car insurance (coughs) excuse me um so well you know jala actually there's a lot of opportunity in life insurance you know to to retain customers. In fact, it's a, a big problem in that first year turn. So we're able to introduce her to a few people. Um, so it's just done a, a complete pivot, still machine learning, still using her, you know, her background was um, uh, software service, right? Which you think, you know, the whole name of that game is sell a contract to Lara, get her to keep it for five years. Same thing with the life insurance. So if she's same business, doing same business model, same machine learning, uh, but she found a niche that you know there weren't a lot of uh, companies. And Ojala, I think right, I think uh, it, it would have been tough to come to travelers to do that kind of a, a pitch.
3: Yeah. So I actually met with her right right when she had kind of come in. Um, yeah. You had reached out and said, "Hey, we've got a new company. Um, can you check this out? It might be applicable." And and you're right that. There wasn't, it wasn't really a niche. There was a lot of other companies doing a similar thing. Um, you know, I probably get cold emails in that area a couple times a month easily. Um, but I think what you guys did in terms of working with her and saying, okay, like what is the core value proposition that you're bringing to the table regardless of industry? And then how do you find a customer base that really needs it and isn't being served? And I think that was really brilliant and again, you know, from my perspective, one of the real value adds that you guys are bringing to a lot of these startups, which is focusing on the customer, right? A lot of incubators and accelerators, traditionally incubators focus on like, okay, launching an MVP and just getting out in the market and accelerators really focus on like, how do we get your investment ready? Um, But the need for the focus on like, how do we grow customers and really validate through customer acquisition and having someone that's willing to say, hey, like, I'm going to vouch for this company, and I think you should talk to them. And, you know, at the very least, give them direction and feedback, but might be a good candidate. I think that goes a, a very, very long way uh, on, on making both your program successful, but also making the startup successful. And I think, you know, along those lines, it's actually funny because um, for, for our listeners that are might be sure techs or interested in launching something in this industry, you know, um, I will say Paul and Laura, the balance between their expertise and the local network, right? Laura brings a lot of that in, in terms of um, knowing who key players are, being able to get conversations off the ground um, in the right and appropriate manners. And then Paul, like Paul is a rock star. I don't think many people know this. And I promised Paul I would bring this (laughs) up, but uh, I was lucky enough to be hanging out with Paul at uh, ITC in Vegas about a year and a half ago um in in 2000 was it 2019 i guess
2: yeah yeah
3: again feels feels like yep. a, a lifetime ago um i think laura had just started about yep. a, a week first prior week on the job yep. or it was the first week on the job in vegas yep. so what a great way to start for her um but you know itc is is the meeting of the minds it's everyone and that's anyone in the insurance industry Um, and you know, the, the Hartford kind of cohort. So anyone that was going to ITC from, from Hartford, um, we had our own little space thanks to launch Hartford and we're all hanging out, uh, in the same room, able to connect at the same sort of co-sponsored events through launch. Um, and I was lucky enough to have Paul say, Hey, uh. I've got I've got this party to go to over at uh, the the pool at MGM, and I'm like, geez, Paul, go to a party at the pool? All right. <laughs> uh, so he's like, do you want to come? And it's like, yeah, cool. I mean, I was I was like six months into the job myself, so whatever I can learn and whoever I can meet. And uh, Paul is a rock star. So really someone that knows a lot of people, both on the startup side, but also on the accelerator and and growing companies and corporate institutions. Um, So I think that's one thing, you know, for the listeners that are interested in really establishing themselves and and getting more networked in into the broader insurance ecosystem. I think uh, Paul's Paul's hiding and being very uh, humble about- You are far
2: you too know. kind and far too, you know, it's, listen, it was fun. We had, a, oh, I can say, Laura, we had fun there, right?
4: You know, it was, we were very thankful. I think like Ojala mentioned, Launch had set up that suite for us and what better way to escape the thousands of people on the floor when you're kind of done meeting new people for the day is to go back with your own contingent and, and network among the meaning of the mind. So it was. Yes. It was a heck of a way to start the first week. I got to say yeah. that.
2: Yeah. One, one day we shall be back.
3: Yes. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen this fall. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's an interesting. You know, Laura, you, you mentioned kind of the the how great it was to be able to be there um, together and really represent Hartford in many ways too, right? Um, Would love to hear from you guys as you launch this program, as you're connected more into the broader Hartford ecosystem through the. Hartford InsurTech Hub and, and other initiatives happening. Um, you know, What do you think are some of the, the stronger attributes that Hartford and the ecosystem here have to offer to not just startups, but startups, investors, those that really wanna get the innovation space up and running? Yeah, I
4: guess I'll start. I think for me, what, what struck me pretty pretty quickly when joining was how much everyone wants shared success. So it's less about what brand or logo you're wearing and more about how do you fit in? What are you contributing? How active are you within the ecosystem? And people truly honestly want to help. So if they have that connection at, you know, the travelers or at a different insurance company, for example, they will make it for you. If you, you know, if you meet the right people kind of get in, if you're patient and create those relationships, people really truly will connect you. And I think that's something that's interesting about Hartford is We are the insurance capital of the world, as Susan Winkler likes to say. Um, But we're really, you you have the opportunity here to be a really big fish in a small pond. Um, I like to measure distances by how far I can throw my shoe. So when you stand in the the center of our beautiful boat building, you could probably throw your shoe at about six, seven different carriers of of different sizes. And I think that's something really truly unique is that everyone tends to know who the right people are. So even if you don't know them, you're always about a two degree um, separation from Paul Tyler. So
0: he
4: (laughs) so you can be be introduced to whoever that is and, and just community overall. I mean, we, we mentioned launch a few times, CT Next, et cetera. There's a few um, players who are, who are helping to, to connect different, um, whether it's accelerators, incubators, startups, et cetera, connecting them in intelligent ways so we can just help each other help one another to make Hartford be a place where investors want to put their money, where startups want to come start, grow, and stay with their business, and where um, companies can continue to thrive.
2: Yeah, I, I think the, the whole pandemic, though, has also demonstrated that um, if people can't come to Hartford, Hartford can come to them. Laura, why don't you talk about what you've done with uh, the interns? And this, is, this was a joint effort with LAUNCH, right, University of Connecticut, but t- maybe talk a little bit about what you did connecting startups with labor.
4: Yeah, so um, UConn CCEI has a really amazing program for the insuretech fellows. So it's a it's a co-taught, and I am no expert, so I might get a few of this, you know, fuzzy around the edges. But it's a, a program that's co-taught by University of Hartford and University of Connecticut, and it's specifically within that insuretech and insurance space. So. We had a great opportunity, and that I was speaking with uh, Jennifer Murphy over there, and she had she had asked the question. You know, would the reimagined startups be interested in pairing with these insure tech fellows? So it's kind of a an internship plus plus where you have individuals who've had to apply to this program. A lot of them have really interesting, unique experience already, but they're interested within the insure tech space, wanting to work with startups, etc. So it was a really wonderful opportunity to actually get our startups who are located. Across the world, working from home, whether it be Australia, Switzerland, West Hartford, um, with these students who are also from various parts of the country to really get a, a, a wonderful experience for both ends. So it's a give and a get. And I think that, you know, so far the feedback's been absolutely amazing in terms of what the students have been learning, what the the startups been receiving. So I'm excited for that to follow through and, and see what the end projects are. But it's just another really good example of how local universities and colleges are intertwined into the ecosystem and how we help one another as well
2: yeah i i think the other other part hartford has to offer is um just the depth of experience any one of these market sectors you know you, you might want to explore if, if i'm a startup wanting to you know use the the example of merchant uh what is it merchant insurance merchant marine it's not, it's not a ship i learned that it had nothing to do with ships
3: Our insurance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, are you serious right
2: right yeah we, we you know A lot of times you have a great idea product, you know, you, you, you know, I, listen, I love this cup. I, you know, I know the, you know, the, the, the paint is like the, the world's best paint. And okay. Yeah. But how do I, how do I get it over to, you know, to Jala to sell this thing? Well, you know, we have a lot of sort of very experienced executives here, former executives, consultants who can, you know, really provide that that senior business development experience that a lot of companies need to cut through the clutter. And, you know, Jala, I, how many emails do you get like automated emails from, you know, HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever they're using, you know, dear, you know, parenthetical name, um, <laughs> right. please set up time with me on your calendar. So I can tell you.
3: How... <laughs> and they're, they're all the same. They're all the same standardized, you know, copied and pasted. Right. Nothing stands out and, and doesn't really encourage yeah. me to do it.
2: Yeah. So we've got a lot of talent. We've, we've got a lot of strength here. You know, just young, you know, young kids coming out of school who want to learn. They want to stay here in Connecticut. And you've got a lot of people who've, who've made a career here and they're saying, what do I what do I want to do next? Well, wouldn't it be nice to actually help steer you know, some of these companies in the right direction?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's been interesting to, to hear you talk about the collaboration. Uh, so first off, uh, Laura, are you a Connecticut resident? Are you uh, like a native Connecticut person?
4: I am. I am. I'm native to Connecticut and a University of Hartford grad. So,
0: go very home. cool. Very cool. But then, Paul, you are in New York, correct?
2: And That's so right. No, I, I do or? have to drive it into Connecticut to get out of my house.
0: So. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. Well, the reason the reason why I bring it up is that, like, for for people that grew up in Connecticut, so. Um, you know, it always hasn't been like a business friendly state. People haven't thought about it as a startup ecosystem. Laura, you, you mentioned the, the fact of the matter of like, you can stand out to, uh, in, in Connecticut, you can be a bigger fish. Right. So, um, you know, I met Ojala, I don't know, eight, nine years ago now, when you first started Reset and you know, when it was at the Walker group and, and so forth. And so back then, like it was still, you know, entrepreneurship, startups, you know, innovation, uh, and, and so forth. So it's been, you know, uh, it, it's great to, uh, to see over the past year, is that a lot of the conversation is just on the fact of, the, of what collaborations are happening and what new projects are, are, are coming uh, to fruition, instead of like, these are all the problems that we have to, to overcome to have an ecosystem and, and, and to help startups and so forth. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's great to see the transition over the past few years of the conversations. And so I kind of want to transition with that kind of thread is that, so we've been doing this podcast, right? We started it in 2015. <clears throat> Actually, we, we started it because of Reset was offering free law advice with uh, Martha Kalina uh, uh, over there. I ended up uh, taking up Dave uh, Menard on uh, the, the free law advice. We ended up talking about podcasts. A week later, two weeks later, we have a podcast together. You know, he, he goes off and buys some, some stuff. We did it because we wanted to connect people. And Laura, you mentioned again, two people away from everybody, right? And, and it's more, more about if you know what's happening, if you know what they're doing, most people just reach out and you could reach out to people and, 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 just, you know, kind of take it from there. And so you have a podcast, right? You've been doing a podcast. I've, you know, I've been admiring from a, from a distance. It's a kind of a little bit of a, of a, you know, kind of a crossover here. So tell us a little bit about that. What did that start and kind of what was the intent on, uh, on starting that?
4: So I actually got to jump in when the water was already warm. So uh, Paul started the podcast. Gosh, Paul, I don't even remember because I wasn't there yet. Uh, It was longer than 551 days ago. But um, so I can't talk about the start and the intent. I'll save that piece for him. But I think a lot of the focus of the podcast, um, you know, speaking for the last year specifically has been that collaboration, the communication and keeping the open lines. Part of it is giving the opportunity to startups we're engaging with, a chance to get on to tell people, you know, again, who are you? What are you doing? What problems are you solving? You know, why should people know the name? Um, but also what what successes have you had? What are you celebrating? What are you looking for? Kind of getting all the feelers out there. So instead of it feeling just like a, here's my story, buy my product. It's kind of, here's who I am as a human being. Here's why that is important to me. I've always liked to ask the question, what is your why? So Eric, it's going to come at you hot at the end of this thing. Um, but I want to know why people are doing what they're doing. Because usually it's a really interesting human, Reason. And if it's either a problem that they've seen or they're looking to solve because of their insert your favorite family member, or if it's something that's happened to them, I just find it very interesting um, to hear stories. And I think that's part of what's interesting about podcasts in general, in my opinion, is it's a way for people to continue to tell the story. I love storytelling, I always have. And it's, it's passing down, you know, generation to generation about things that people have learned and how can we use those things to do something with it or just to escape and have fun. So I think for me, what I like to focus on with the podcast is finding really cool people who are doing really interesting things and shining a light on that, whether it's to solve a problem or just to, you know, amplify the work that they're doing. I think it's a really good opportunity to put them out there.
2: Yeah. Originally, you know, Eric Jolly, you know, what do startups need the most? And it's as much as everybody thinks, you know, coffee shops and customers, money. Right. So, you know, the podcast really was, you know, we, and we also did video and, you know, we've, we've got, you know, sort of some really nice professional, you know, videos we did for the startups as they were in our ops to tell our story. But podcasts really, target, you know, we're targeting, you know, people who are, uh, chief innovation officers in innovation departments, um, uh, looking in in the insurance space at startups coming up, as well as investors. So it's not a it's not a huge audience. You know, we're not. This is not a. You know, we're not. We're not trying to. You know, go after. Um, you know, Rogan's audience, uh, but it's a pretty influential one for for these for these companies. So um, uh, and. Uh, it actually has worked. You know, we've had investors come in and they'll send a note and say, well, well, tell me more about this person. Well, here, send me a link. Listen to this. Listen to their story. And as you know, there's something about how people process and hear. And for me, I, you know, listen, I, I love podcasts. I, I, I'm a podcast junkie uh, if, if there ever were one. But you listen to somebody's voice and the cadence in a podcast. You can be doing other things. You you walk away 20, you know, er, er, you know, Joel, if you, if you listen to a really good one, you say, I think I know this person. it it, it's such a good calling card if you can get people to sort of tease out the why you know lars why what what are they doing what problem how do they get there um and suddenly when they actually talk to people and they're pitching money or pitching jobs it's just it it takes a lot of the tension out of of the room so that was our original goal you know now of course pivot right How how do we stay connected how do we how do we like um how do we bring people together, and how do we start to craft, uh, you know, questions people should be asking and trying to answer? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yep. And hey, listen, I'm a podcast junkie myself. I was, uh, I, uh, it's kind of come full circle for me because, so for, uh, you know, I've been listening to Joe Rogan from back in the day, like you know, ten years when it when it was like really kind of raw and not <laughs> you know, does have the cool guest on. Um, and uh, I got to the point where my friends and family, they'd be like. I'd be telling it about something, and be like, "Oh, so I heard it on this podcast, or told it on that podcast." They're like, hey, "It was a running joke of he heard yeah. it on a podcast," know. you know? And I even, know. I think it even made it into my wedding speech, you know, or some wedding speech. <laughs> um, and so, um, uh, but the funny thing is that people are coming back to me now and saying, "Hey, did you listen to that podcast?" Because I heard X, Y, and Z, and over the past right. eighteen months. Um, and, and so for me, I love long form, but I also love that short five, 10 minute one. Right. And so I've been fascinated with how people have been engaging with stuff lately. Um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, so just like you, they evolve, the podcasts evolve, um, for us. We you know this one that we just wanted to get we just wanted to let other people know what was happening in the ecosystem and then they can figure out if they want to reach out, they can reach out, right? Hey, yeah. this is how you connect with them. Oh, and, oh uh, okay. go for it. So well, you, you know, know, it
2: is. And for us, we actually have a second one. It's called Oh yes, and only in the insurance industry, that annuity show. Um this has been soft branding for our own brand because you know, none of these agents knew who NASA Financial Group was. Who are they? And, you know, honestly, you know, if, if truth be told, Phoenix is kind of like, well, we love them, but, you know, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> how hard. do we, re- you know, we, we've used this podcast to, to connect with uh, influencers in this space. And I'll tell you, as a result, we actually changed our format coming into the podcast where we, it, what there were no guests. We started bringing guests and something kind of just cool has happened um, in terms of how we've, Kind of created and, and connected a, a, a network together. Again, not, it's not a big audience. This is, we're not going to get, um, you know, uh, Coke is not, or Pepsi is not going to be advertising this anytime soon. But when, you know, we start to get people calling up and say, hey, I want to be on your podcast and you actually know them. Okay, you know you're kind of hitting a, a small market that that matters, and so yeah,
0: I mean you're hitting a, note- a, a thousand people. You're hitting a thousand people that could be impactful. A thousand yeah. true fans, a thousand people that are connected in the industry could do damage. You know, right? So- <laughs>
3: Please note how Paul always knows them, though.
0: Like, <laughs> I, like I said, <laughs> the two degrees of Paul Tyler. No, is
2: Ojala, You know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, quick, I'll distract. But it's it's pretty cool though. So we had and um, dis- just when it was this late November and December, we ran a forum series. It's called uh, Reimagining Retirement, and part of what we did is <laughs> we looked through to see who were to come on and and have speaking opportunities. We tapped into the that annuity show former guest list because they were the people who are doing the work to change the industry. So it was completely relevant for the forum series that we brought over to the Reimagine brand. So it's been really interesting to see that kind of um, you know collaboration across brands because really that annuity show is is very much holding its own these <laughs> days. I feel like we okay. when, when we're back in the office, I feel like we need like a seventies lounge setup. So when you start recording in person.
3: <laughs> I, I, I think you guys need some, some good zoom backgrounds with that as well. Oh, I, yep. For
2: oh, sure. yeah. Yeah.
0: oh yeah. Hey, having fun with it is, uh, one of the, one of the things that, uh, keeps it, uh, keeps it alive, right. You know, if you can have fun with it, be a little bit flexible. Oh, ab- absolutely.
2: Things.
0: So you got to do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of uh, hop onto that because I, you know, some people are, dr- are jumping on the trend of podcasting and kind of the, the zoom and everything. I know we're not necessarily out of it. Um, I think everybody, for me, uh, the way I approach entrepreneurship and starting a business and my business has changed. I've, uh, you know, I'm changing the way I'm, I'm making assumptions about, you know, going forward. Uh, I, I personally think it's kind of funny. I had a lot going on last year. I had a baby, I had this, I had that, you know, and, uh, I still don't think I had enough. And I, or, you know, like I feel like for people in startup and innovation, it's like the time is now to do as much as possible and to really kind of bring forth the, uh, the world that we want to. So, um, you know, what are some trends that you think are going to stick or some trends that have been accelerated because of, um, you know, what's happened over the past year?
4: Mm, that's a great question. Um, I, I also, I'll let Paul go first and then I'll follow it with trends. I don't want to have stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I, li- I like the anti-trend uh, question As... too. So that's a good one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh... Real interesting question, right? If I could do this, I would be investing, right? Like buy Zoom, buy, you know, oh my gosh, right? Like a jealous, just, oh, <laughs> what was so obvious, right? Uh, what's so obvious now is not not so obvious then. I, um, I, I do think how you engage where people are, I think people are gonna, I, I think people will going forward will have new values around their time and and place and realize that you actually can be more in control of what you're doing and how you're doing it than you you were in the past. Um, now that desire and that ability meets, you know, corporate culture and how quick does a company's culture (laughs) change and embrace that? That'll be the, I I kind of, I kind of an interesting rub, but I I don't think we're going to go back. And I I think Eric, I think entrepreneurship is going to change, um, dramatically here. I think it's going to make it much easier, even easier for people to do s- startups. Now, it means it's much more crowded space, um, but you're not going to have to get on a plane. You're not going to have to fly around the world. Uh, you've got people who will turn on their cameras. Um, you can plug into a talent network that's enormous. I think um, what'll happen is we'll see some, I think in the startup community, we'll, we'll see like a handful of companies just explode like we've never seen before um, you know you think of like i've seen that you know you've seen those graphs how long did it take google to get to a certain point in time how much to valuation how much did it take facebook i think that's going to go even quicker um, for those few who really get that model right
3: can we yeah. attribute that and, to to spacs or is
0: this gonna be- yeah
2: oh man we, we need to have a we need to have a whole
0: uh, a series on spacs and and what that yes. means and uh, and and honestly i think the the way, uh, you know, being able to raise $5 million in equity uh, crowdfunding right now, that's a big thing. We, oh, yeah. we are uh, going to be doing a series on that. So um, it's it's like the time is now to build, right? Like the time is now. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, in terms of the trends, maybe again, this is where I'd love to get kind of like the insight because, you know, the industry, I don't, is like insurance is like this thing that's been around, again, since Abraham Lincoln or before, right? It's an old industry. It moves slowly. It's the, it's the um, you know, aircraft carrier, right? So was there anything that shook up the insurance industry this year that may stick around oh, or kind there's, of there's, uh, there's, took there's, away there's, some stuff? Or? Yeah,
2: there, there's a, a log. And actually, I would just say, if you got show notes, you know, do sort of second oh, plug for sure. to this yeah, Reimagine yeah. Retirement event. Because we had a great event with maybe 100 people asking just that for our specific sector. And okay. uh, I, I think for... For our space, and I say our space being sort of life insurance annuities, individual type, you know, savings products, um, um, how, how you engage with with people, customer engagement, enormously, enormously important, because how do you find them? Uh, they, you know, they're not going to come out, they're not going to meet, they have limited time, limited how do you create clients? I mean, for our business, it's enormous, enormously important. And, uh, anybody, any company that has a solution, lead, you know, lead generation, I mean, sort of getting to sound tactical lead generation is, is, feels like a crass word for it, but any kind of company that can create a meaningful relationship and put a person in front of an op a, a product or a, an insurance service at the time of need is can write their own ticket today. Um, I think anything that will um, take the friction out of um, uh, the operations of the business, big deal. Just hard, hard to hard to implement because it's just again such a complicated business to get into and a massive amount of um, requirements. But cost savings big and exceptionally important. You know, given you know drops in interest rate, uh, fierce price competition, um, and and uh, just, you know, massive dislocation in the, in, in the economy. So, Laura, you, you, you take your shot.
4: Yeah, no, I would, I would say, um, you know, going back to the, the customer-consumer standpoint, it's kind of meeting them where they are is what we've been hearing a lot of. I mean, they're not meeting face-to-face. They haven't been for over a year. Um, but it's, it's understanding how to tell that story or, or sell that product whether it's a big screen or a small screen or a telephone, it's really changing the conversation about the conversation. And for, for some individuals we've heard, they've had great success. And then there are other individuals who are still struggling to get through that piece of it. So I think at the end of the day, I mean, if you can tell the story, tell it well, find your, find your consumer where they are and then meet them there. There's probably an increased likelihood um, that's involved. Okay.
0: So, uh, by the way, we need your anti uh, your uh, trends that you don't wanna see. Because uh, I know uh, Ojala has another question before we uh, wrap up. But what's your anti trend that you don't wanna see
4: continue? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say w- we as uh, workers, doesn't matter what industry you're in, working longer because we can, right? I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but I have worked, I, I work hard anyway, but I have worked so many hours from my kitchen with my doors behind me sitting on this super uncomfortable wooden stool, just because I can. So I, I would hate for us as society to continue on in a way where we're not respecting our own limits to say, get up and take that walk. Or don't forget you left the dog outside. Or if your child needs attention at that moment, you know, put up a 15 minute window and go give your child that attention. But I think it's it's been super interesting about how humanizing this entire experience is been for everybody on different levels, whether it's, you know, the dogs barking or, you know, I was telling Eric before we began recording, there's a a podcast early on into the pandemic where my son takes a car, drives it up over my head and we're still recording and I'm acting like nothing's happening because when you work with home, um, it's, you know, you just got to embrace all of it and the big dirtiness that comes with it. So I, I would just hate to see humanity continue to work more just because we can i think we need to remember that we're humans and that we need these breaks so we can remain creative and remain engaged remain innovative and we don't burn ourselves out
2: yeah i, I just think it's like it's uh it's it's not so much an anti trend but it's just like the fear right has we got somehow something's got to take the fear and the stress away because our, our it was happening before our whole like economy was getting like, you know, kind of the code was getting rewritten. It's just kind of slowly, you know, happening slowly. We weren't noticing it. Then this thing happens and, you know, part, part of, you know, yeah, we are working too hard. Part of it's because um, we can, part of it's because, you know, it's, uh, it's hard, you know, whatever worked to generate sales before didn't now. Right.
0: only way through is through it. You got to go through You got to work hard. You got to get it figured out. And like, I, you know, the funny thing is Laura, I I very much appreciated having a child now, right. You know, uh, balancing the time I've always been the type of person that's worked. I've always, I'll put in the hours, like, you know, the, the putting in, you know, 80 plus hours, 90 hours, you know, on, on the, on, you know, on a, not a great salary at all that, you know, nobody would really take Talk about 15. I wish I got $15 an hour, in right. (laughs) You know, throughout my entire career. Um, so anyways, uh, so, I, you know, like I definitely understand that. And I, this year I definitely, um, it, it's, it's the, it's the thing that I battle with as an entrepreneur because I worked more, I, you know, I had a business, it, I right? had a podcast, I had, I had a full-time job. I had a baby. I built a patio too, in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, okay. So the whole thing, right. Um, and, but you could and, control and I, it
4: right? I but could, could. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I, I could In control the In a world patio. where that we, was my thing. Anything, yes. we could control anything, we could control work. Good point.
0: Yes, <laughs> that was my therapist. That was my therapist. But I, we you know what I was saying is that <laughs> I ended the year thinking to myself, I should have done and I could have done more. And that is a bad, and it's like, I, I <sighs> wrestle with that as a- Celebrate it. But, I, it. but it's because I actually think I'm a, I'm a, I am an optimist. I'm 51% positive. This whole thing was, it was tough. It was hard. But there's so much opportunity right now. There's like the world is ready for 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 innovation. So it's like, I'm. gonna I'm start excited a business? To go do business. Are the four of us gonna um, start a business? Whenever you want. <laughs> I'm. I might be launching another LLC soon. So it's like I mean, I'm, I'm down. Because <laughs> you're clear.
4: You're clearly driven. Ojala has. It, I mean, her experience. Everyone's two degrees away from Paul Tyler.
3: So really, what I'm thinking is, we use all of our collective. <laughs> experience I, <laughs> I think that could go somewhere I think that could definitely go somewhere that maybe that's the new retirement product right is right. uh yeah. having a business ready to ready to launch versus a, a annuity
2: exactly
3: <laughs> but uh but so so you know talking about the future uh w- we've talked a lot about the past we talked about how this started right Paul you talked about you have the space you want to figure out how to tie the space with more recognition for the company and what the company does and being seen really as a thought leader with what you guys do with your podcasts and and uh, continuing that two degrees of separation to one degree of separation from Paul and uh, you know adding to it um, making a difference in Hartford right bringing companies in obviously the pandemic impacted that and and everyone had to go back to remote and virtual and um, hopefully you know several months down the road we'll see that maybe returning back to normal maybe not but I guess you know stepping back in all of it um, I guess my question to you guys is. You've seen the Hartford and tech ecosystem grow over the last several years, um, and, and you've seen it kind of really be born from something that didn't really exist but had the potentials exist. What do you think are the gaps that exist today that we as a as a collective should be working towards um, really, you know, filling? Uh, and, and what do you think uh, NASA and the reimagined incubator will be doing to, to help that?
2: Laura. There's
4: so many angles where this could go. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take one of them. So we're working towards a, a program in late April, early May timeframe where it's focusing on investors and investment. And we're looking right now at the gap between, you know, what is, where can you go between angel and VC? Cause it's a pretty big gap and a lot of people fall in between. Um, but they the net isn't quite stretched out yet. So what can we do to create opportunity within that space that could then help entrepreneurs, help startups, help scale-ups, um, get funding that they they need to continue on. And how can we utilize the networks that are already in place, whether they be insurance industry veterans, et cetera, or um, people with some play money after, you know, the, the great st- Stock game that took place about two months ago, um, but what, what can we do with those people who are interested in helping businesses survive, and where can they put their dollars to help that make you know help it happen? So we're starting to put together a framework for an event to bring together groups of individuals who can help us potentially solve that problem. But I think that's one that uh, could be fun to focus on.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I think we'll we'll be going a little more. We, we've taken this opportunity, all You know we. To be totally connected into the heart for ecosystem means that the content's got to be pretty broadly focused on like commercial PNC, personal lines, um, yeah, health insurance, which really isn't a lot of our core business. I think what you'll see is us going a little deeper and a little more national on some of the retirement um, related issues. That could be 401ks, could be um, basic savings, could be employer benefits, could be um, so I think I think from a subject matter, you'll, you'll see us focus a little more. I think creating a community that actually wants to invest, you know, we, we talked about the angel investors, you know, we're still pushing and we're starting to find them. We're, you know, we've, we made a little tiny investment, in one of our startups and and have sort of made the rounds of some of these angel investment groups uh, in the area. And then there are some, Eric, you know, there, there are some, there's some pockets of people. That are just not focused on insurance um, yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I think those are parts we can do a job, but I think a lot of it's going to depend on where everybody else comes out of this this weird tunnel at the end. And you know,
3: mm.
2: it's not going to be the same. Guarantee it will not be the same. It's going to be different. So what's that difference, right. and how do we all kind of talk to each other and figure out where we are and how we're wired? Gosh, you know, right. just re- you know, Hartford and Chubb. How will that impact innovation in Hartford? I, it'd be interesting. Will be interesting yeah. if that gets gets approved. Um,
3: yeah. Um, well, there's, there's been, you know, I think there's been some really great momentum. Um, it's, it's been awesome to see, you know, the corporate and institutions really stepping up to say, hey, we want to make a difference. And that difference isn't really just going to impact us and our companies by getting engaged in more entrepreneurship and innovation, but really help boost the local ecosystem uh, where our employees are living, working, playing, where we wanna see talent grow, where we wanna see the educational sector really engage. And um, Paul and Laura, I think you guys have been doing an excellent job just kind of tapping into all of those pieces, right? I'm sure there's been a lot of amazing benefits for Nassau in terms of um, how it's impacted, again, thought leadership, employee engagement, talent coming to the company, you know, recognition and all of those things. But I think it's had a great impact on the local ecosystem as well plenty of success stories. I would recommend our listeners to also check out, uh, you know, the different podcasts and and shows that NASA has got up and running. Um, I think there's just a lot of great content there, great stories on the startups that have come to Hartford and uh, taking part in the incubator program. Um, so I think lots of more great stuff to come. I love the focus and direction you're heading in. Investment is always, you know, not just for insurtechs, but I think for startups across Connecticut it always continues to be an area and that gap that you mentioned between angel investing and and kind of, you know, really going in for your series A is a, it's a big gap. Um, so excited to see where what comes out of it. And I think with that, we're going to wrap it up. Um, Paul, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's uh, it's a pleasure and a lot of fun talking to you guys and learning more about what's happening on your neck of the woods. And uh, hopefully we'll be catching you guys again soon.
2: Hey, thanks. Eric, yeah, thanks for pl- a pleasure to meet.
0: Yeah, no, pleasure to meet you. And so where can, uh, we're, we will put it in the show notes and everything, but where can everybody go to learn more about your uh, incubator uh, and so forth?
4: Sure. You can find us at imagine.nsre.com.
0: All right. Very good. Again, uh, thank you uh, very much, Ojala, for uh, for getting Paul and uh, Laura, and uh, we continue to see what uh, what you're going to bring to Hartford. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. When starting a podcast, one step in the journey is landing a sponsorship. And in 2021, CT Startup is thankful to have two sponsors. One of those sponsors is Connecticut Innovations, or as some people know it, CI, an organization that has been a key player in turning Connecticut into a hub for innovation. In 2020, Bloomberg ranked Connecticut as the fourth most innovative economy in the country, and CI is one of those organizations here in Connecticut that can take credit for that ranking. CI is Connecticut's strategic venture capital arm and is the leading source of financing and ongoing support for innovative growing companies. By offering equity investments, strategic guidance, and introductions to valuable partners They are enabling promising businesses to thrive. For more information on how Connecticut Innovations can work with your company, please visit their website, www.ctinnovations.com.
2: Thank you for listening to CT Startup.
0: More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. See you next week.